darlings, and welcome to the David Covenants Love Podcast <laughs> with me, David Covenants. As Dave. you know, it's valid. Hello? David. <laughs> someone there. David, David, I think yes. you have come on to the wrong podcast. This is the classic oh rock. Yeah, this is the classic rock podcast for those about to pod. We salute you. Uh, oh, how embarrassing. Okay, well, I shall drop off, darling. Goodbye. Thanks, David. Thank you. Oh, that was a bit strange. Anyway, um, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 26 of the Classic Rock Podcast. For those about the pod, we salute you. Matt and I are recording tonight's show on Sunday, the 13th of February. So tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So Matt and I are going to select, don't worry, we're going to select some tunes for you all tomorrow night whilst you're having your dinner or serenading your loved one. And don't worry, I've taken off I Used to Love Her and every day I Love You Less and Less from the set list. So we're all okay. Anyway, so my year in rock is 2001, which is going to be an interesting one for everybody. We've got Hidden Gems and we've got Latest News. But here he is. The Jim Steinman to my meatloaf. Hey, Mr. Matt Rogers. Hey, Matt, how are you? Hello, Brian. Sorry I'm late. Did I, did I miss anything? Did, I, did, did everything all right? Yeah, train you? Wait, wait, wait. David Covenants was uh, from, from Whitesnake was, was on he our show. By, did he? Yeah, he dropped by. He, well, he dropped into our show. I kicked him well, off, it, though. Oh, that's good. I yes, wished him yeah, well. Wow. I wonder how he must got cross lines. Uh, well, he is the, the love guru, as we know. Yeah, maybe we'll get it. It's a Valentine's Day tomorrow. It is indeed. So okay. I suppose it was only a, only appropriate. <laughs> to have, to have David. Right, so Brian, um, nice to see you. Yeah, um, you too. So Brian, what's happening in in uh, in Brian's world? What, what is happening in the news? What's happening in news? So in rock-related news, we have a new mini-series which has come out on the Disney Channel which is chronicling the uh, fast and whirlwind romance of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Obviously, their infamous sex tape that came out. Mm. And and I have to say, Lily James and Sebastian Stan, who play the main characters of Tommy and Pam, are brilliant. Uh, Lily James looks like Pamela and Sebastian Stan... He's got all of the tattoos. He could be, be me a foot taller. If I had to be mm. picky, I'd, I'd have him a little bit taller. But mm. he sits behind the drum kit. He looks like he's drumming. And it's a black comedy. It is really, really funny. Um, Seth Rogen is the... He's kind of the main protagonist. He's the guy who stole the video out of the... Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, he stole the video out of the house and then he made the copies. And at the time in the 90s, it was it was the kind of thing that kicked the internet off because obviously mm. they sold the tape on the internet. Nobody really knew what the internet was. But if you want to laugh, it doesn't take itself too serious. It's a bit of a black comedy. It's um, uh, one for people, for adults to watch. Yes. Viewer's discretion is used. It's on the Disney, is it in the Disney, Disney Channel? Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think it's on next to kind of, I don't know, the Wizards of Waverly Place or, um, <gasps> or, or Montana. Yes, or Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> or Pocahontas. 
Exactly. So it's really good. It's quite funny. It is really, it's uh, it's rock related, but it's really funny. I've watched all the episodes so far and I'm I'm, I'm enjoying it for, for what it is. So there you go. Yeah, Romance good. and rock in the 1990s. Yeah, I do remember that era. Of course, I've, I've led a very sheltered life, so I never saw the video. But I... I um, Really? I imagine. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not going to subscribe to Disney Plus just to watch watch that. But, um, but thanks for that uh, little summary. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that sounds good. It is Valentine's Day tomorrow. Yes. Yes, correct. What, what have you What have you got, Kate, for Valentine's Day? Um, what have I got my wife? Yes. Well, uh, as opposed to some random Kate. Um, <laughs> I have got my, two things, actually. Funny you should ask. Thanks for asking. Colouring book. Completely <laughs> Correct. Colouring book. Colouring book is number one. Judas Priest colouring book. I know she wanted that. Screaming um, for vengeance. She a uh, big fan of Judas Priest. At least she will be after this colouring book arrives. And uh, some some Tony Iommi perfume, of course. Oh, f- fabulous. By the, uh, great, the great man himself, Tony Iommi. Do you like, I hope you like it. It's my new perfume. Um, yeah, so um, she's going to be re- you know really spoiled tomorrow. On uh, Valentine's Day, uh, new colouring book, and book. <laughs> some new, <laughs> some new fragrance. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I can't. I don't even know whether it's sort of male or female fragrance. I think it's a bit like Calvin Klein. It's sort of um, androgynous, unisex. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I hope she likes it. Well, and if she, and if she doesn't like it, then she can just give it to you as a present instead. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah, is probably exactly. your plan all along. Well, exactly. That's the beauty of uh, unisex fragrances, of course. You can get them back as a re-gift. Um, in other news, uh, I haven't told you this, actually. So do you remember about, I don't know, three or four episodes ago, we were talking about Paul McCartney versus Lemmy. Do you remember that debate? I'm trying to forget it. I dropped the bomb on that, didn't I? (laughs) No, no, no. You're entitled to your opinion. And, um, well, a friend of mine contacted me, uh, Richard. Hello, Richard. And he said, uh, uh, I was listening to your podcast in the bath. I thought, that's too much information. Um, And I was quite interested in the part about Paul McCartney's guitar being auctioned. Um, And the reason being that he was at a station in Kent, England mm-hmm. railway station. Yeah, that is. And he's waiting in the queue for a to get a coffee. You know, his little booths in uh, in, in railway station platforms. And uh, who should stand behind him? But the great Paul McCartney. Oh man! And um, just queuing up for a coffee. You know, just like you and me. And um, my friends struck up via the, the the proprietor of the coffee stall. Um, that's a real word, proprietor. Uh, he um, he introduced my friend to Paul McCartney. Richard, meet Paul. Paul, meet Richard. And my friend called as a cucumber, started talking about football and found out that uh, Paul McCartney was uh, from a family of Evertonians, Everton Football Club. And I thought that's quite amazing. Quite, He said it was quite surreal um, to meet a Beatle just, you know, randomly. Um, so if anyone's listening, I thought it was great. And if anyone's listening to this podcast, any, any of the 12 listeners... Um, Listen, if you've met a someone from music royalty, rock royalty, in a strange, surreal situation, please let us know via at FTAT pod or on Facebook, of course. Excellent. I thought you'd appreciate that because you're a big, well, you're, you're obviously more of a Lemmy fan than a Paul McCartney <laughs> fan. But um, Absolutely, yes. <laughs> even so, bumping into Paul McCartney, I, I mean, I don't, I think I, my, my legs would go to jelly, I think, basically, let alone talk about football. 
Yeah. yeah. Apparently he's a very chilled guy. Uh, very down to earth, very normal, yeah. which is which is lovely, of course. Um, so that was that. In other news, Brian, there's been another rock feud. No sooner had Dave Lee Roth and Paul Stanley called a truce as Eddie Vedder and Nikki Six from Motley Crue have fallen out. So Eddie Vedder's got a new album out called Earthling, by the way. It's very good. Um, maybe that's connected with this feud. But he was he was being interviewed and uh, he felt the need to tell the interviewer that he was he despised um, Motley Crue back in the 80s. And um, this, this was jumped upon by Nikki Six and called Pearl Jam the most boring band in the world. Now, the trouble with that is, of course... Everyone's everyone's entitled to their opinion, yeah. of course. But sooner you say something about someone, uh, certainly in a negative way, uh, the other party's going to jump on it. But I thought, well, okay, you know, all publicity is good publicity, as they say. Uh, I'm not sure that it was uh, intended to blow up into this um, into this big old feud. But there you go. You know, never a month goes by without a rock feud. Yeah, I have to say, having seen Pearl Jam live the word boring does not come into the equation when you see pearl jam live they are no. one of the most incendiary they make the set up every night it's a different set every time they play so so you mentioned um, the album you, you actually did. Yeah, yeah have you had a have you had a chance to ever listen to it yet i have yeah it's, it's quite good actually it's it's so it's two things one is it's kind of classic americana um it, it's got quite a nice kind of feel to it um, Eddie Vedder is kind of touching into the world of David Byrne from um, Talking Heads. His singing style as he gets older is very much, uh, you know, it's akin to David Byrne, who we should have mentioned in the um, the Top Scots, by the way, because he's from... Oh, we could, yeah, that's in, true, actually. He's born in Dundee mm. or something like that. Um, anyway, yeah, so it's a good album. It's worth a few listens. It's quite, you know, it's quite easy to listen to. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's quite non-threatening. But... Um, and yeah, no, was, it's worth, worth checking out. Earthling by um, Eddie Vedder. Another new album, uh-huh. which I know you're quite excited about. Oh, yes. Well, why don't you tell us about it? Slash's fourth album mm. came out um, on Friday. Mm. Um, called, the, called Four. Called Four. Do you think they couldn't think of a decent name for it? Well, there really is only one album that's called Four, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> Foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got in there quickly. Oh. Well, I was singing a Led Zeppelin for, but you know, yeah, yeah. I, um, great album. Um, they, uh, from what I've read of the uh, how the album was made, they all got in a tour bus, all headed across to Nashville, recorded the album pretty much live. Um, mm. Unfortunately, Miles Kennedy, being the little sensitive soul that he is with his little allergy problems. He was the first one to come down with uh, COVID and then it just went right through the rest of the group. Um, so the album itself um, is great. The lead off track on the album, uh, which is the latest single, uh, which is called The River Is Rising, is fantastic. Um, I like it, Matt, because of all of the solo stuff that Slash has done, I've ver- there's a greasiness to appetite for destruction, you know the way mm-hmm. you, can, you know. There's the punk elements of appetite, and you've got the yep. melodic sides of it. This is the first album I've heard with Slash as a songwriter. All of those elements come back in, and Miles is singing fantastically. My favorite track on the album so far is "Fill My World." 
it's very much in the sweet child of mine vein, you know, that, that sort of mm -hmm. hypnotic riff. And Miles, his vocal sounds like Steve Perry in parts. So I've listened to the album for two days now, nonstop. It is the best slash solo album um, that I've heard. And I would say it's the best slash piece of work that he's done since Appetite for Destruction. I think it's wow. a fantastic piece of work. It's, wow. I love it. Yeah. Contender for album of the year already. Very much. And King's X album hasn't come out yet. So, um, no, well, there you go. So, not, <laughs> album number two, the albums of the year then. Um, so, no, yeah. I do agree. I, I have listened to it. I, th I think it's pretty good. As you say, you can kind of feel the the live vibe. Uh, Miles Kennedy's vocals are quite low in the mix or lower than you would you would think normally. Mm. Um, as I was listening to it today, um, I, I was thinking how, how Slash comes up with all these riffs. And they're all good. Yeah. You know, you think after well, a career with Guns N' Roses and then Slash's Snake Pit and four solo albums that the, the riffs might start to run dry, but not a bit of it. He's yeah. just really, really on form and um, he in his peak. Well, not, not his peak, but certainly maintaining his peak. Um, as you say, one of the best, best Slash albums for a while. Yeah. And of course, Miles Kennedy, I mean, again, staggering how he sort of maintains his level of quality from Alter Bridge and his solo career and um, just just amazing. I have to give a shout out as well, too, to the to the other three guys in the in the band. Um, Todd Cairns, Brent Fitch, who um, are the been the mainstays and the, the conspirators themselves have been together for 10 years. And Frank, the rhythm player, he's Frank Sidoris. Yep. So absolutely. yeah, absolutely. check out the album, everybody. I'll put, I'll put the uh, three or four tracks on the, um, on the playlist. Uh, it's a great album and an early contender for album of the year, as you say. Mm, so there you go. Indeed. So that was the news, an eclectic mix as usual. So last time, Brian, you sent me in uh, my year in rock, the year 2001. Very important year for me personally. My uh, youngest daughter, younger daughter, was born. Olivia was born in uh, 2001. Hello, Olivia. Hello, Olivia. Or should I say, hello, Olivia. <laughs> it was a good, it was a good, I didn't go to any gigs that year. I checked, actually. I didn't oh. go to one gig in 2001, understandably, I suppose, uh, with having two young children running around. Um, but uh, yeah, she's uh, coming up to her 21st birthday. So there you go. 21 years ago, 2001, of course. Mm. Um Album-wise, I was, I was buying albums and I was inspired by a TV channel. I don't think it exists anymore, certainly not in the UK. Do you remember, our, uh, do you remember a TV channel called Scuzz, Brian? I do. I, yeah, I probably got Sky around the first... That was when I got Sky for around the first time. So, yeah, mm. yeah, it was one of, the, uh, one of the channels. Yeah, I picked up a lot of, lot of inspiration, let's say, from um, Scuzz. It's a good name, isn't it? Scuzz. <laughs> I don't know what it means in this context. It seems quite appropriate. A bit like Kerrang, really. Yes. You know what? Well, actually, Kerrang is the sound of a guitar being kind of, you know, uh -huh. chugged. <laughs> but anyway, Scuzz, I suppose, is, is what it is. But anyway, so, um, so the first album I'm going to talk about that came out in um, 2001 was, by the way, the year that you and I met, 2001. Oh, it was. 20, Indeed, yes. 20, yeah. 20 years ago. Um. Have I, told, have I told the story on the podcast about... Um, I remember. 
Well, we met, we met at a conference. We used to work for the same company. And I think it was Edinburgh or London. I can't remember now. But anyway, there, were, there was a band playing at this conference. And it was, it was one of those. Uh-huh. And um, they were quite good, weren't they? Kind of like a, a function band. They, they were, yes. A function band. So I said to Brian, because I think you hadn't even joined the company then. I hadn't. I was and, joining uh, on the Monday. That's right. So we were chatting away. And, um, and then Brian disappeared. <laughs> it was like something out of back, back to the Future, because I looked around and then there he was on stage with this band. So they'd taken a little break and, and Brian had obviously... Uh, sweet talked them in the interval to let him, him get on stage with them and you did uh, Mustang Sally from what I remember yeah uh, I did a quite, a, quite a decent version of it from what I recall and probably one other song I can't remember what it was now Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer <laughs> no, you, got a, you got a very good memory Addicted <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. was panicking. I was panicking. I wasn't I didn't ask to go up and sing. I oh, was really? I was coerced into singing. Okay, well, you did a good job of it anyway. Anyway, we digress. So, um, yeah, the album uh, Weathered by Creed mm. came out in uh, 2001. Now, Creed uh, morphed into Alterbridge in the uh, early 2000s, and uh, minus Scott Stapp. And they were at their commercial peak then. They were huge in America, um, Creed. And this album was probably their commercial high point. Some great yeah. songs on it. The title track itself... My Sacrifice, One Last Breath is on there. Um, really, you know, a quality album from a quality band. Yeah, de- as you say, it deb- the album debuted uh, at number one. Uh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Debuted at number one. It was actually this, it was this, the band's second consecutive album to top the charts. So, you know, obviously Human Clay. And so they were, they were right. And as you say, there were six singles that came off that album. So it was the their Nirvana. Is that what is it? Is that the right word? I don't don't their, think so. No, okay. Panacea. <laughs> no, no, still wrong. That's right. There's zenith. There's zenith. zenith. That's it. That's the word you're looking for. Yeah, it's that it's that football team that plays in St. Petersburg. Zenith. That's right. Zenith St. Petersburg. That's right. Yeah. They're big Creed fans. Apparently, the whole team big, used to play it on the bus. Absolutely. That's where you got it. That's where you got it from, you see. Exactly, exactly. Zenith exactly. St. Petersburg's favourite yeah. album yeah. is Weathered by Creed. Um, moving on, I think we should move on, really. <laughs> Toxicity by System of a Down. Not Symptom of a Down, Brian, by the way. System of a Down came out in 2001. Now, um, we talked about their first album on the last podcast, actually. We did, and, um, we did. This was, uh, I think, probably marginally better, certainly commercially um, more um, more successful for them. Uh-huh. It featured the excellent Aerials, which has got a very weird video, if you get a chance to see that. Very odd, very kind of arty yeah. and quite disturbing. Um, the, uh, the title track, of course, Toxicity, and, of course, Chop Suey, which yes. is, a, again, a very weird video. It is. Um, quite, they were quite scary. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Terrifying. Yeah. But uh, very, very quirky at the same time. But um, yeah, did some good videos, good songs. Um, Puddle of Mud, by contrast, <laughs> who essentially I think were discovered by Fred Durst from um, Limp Biscuit from memory. Okay. So there's some link with with, with um, Fred Durst. Anyway, Puddle of Mud brought out um, Come Clean. It's got a very nice album cover. Check out the album cover, a little boy. 
um, relieving himself <laughs> up against the fence, I seem to recall. Um, but there's some great songs on there. Um, Control uh, is one of my favourites. The song Blurry was quite a commercial hit. It was, wasn't My yeah. favourite song on the album, check out a song called Drift and Die. Absolute classic. Okay, um, I saw a song I don't know. I, mem- I remember the big, I remember the big singles, but that mm. that track passed me by. So I'll, I'll stick it on the playlist. And um, and a song called "She Hates Me," yeah. Which uh, if you can find the radio edit, because the uh, the album edit is <laughs> <laughs> not for the faint-hearted. Let's say, yeah. Um, what else is there? Um, "All Killer No Filler" by Sum Forty One came out again and. Uh, you remember that album, Brian? Uh, absolutely um, brilliant album. It's part of that kind of new metal era. I suppose these all were in their own way. Um, but certainly some 41 um, band from Canada. Mm. Still going. Yeah. Um, fronted by Derek Wigley, which I always thought was a good name. He was married um, to Avril Lavigne, wasn't he? He, he was. The things then, you remember. <laughs> well, that's right. And then he was usurped by Chad Kroger from... Um, ah, from uh, Nickelback, who also had an album out this year called Silver Side Up. So it's all all um, all linked together. I'm being attacked by one of my cats here. That's the first, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so where were we? All Killer No Filler, um, featuring Into Deep and Fat Lip. Again, check out those videos from uh, the old Scuzz days. And I think that was it. I mean, we could go on and on about 2001, but it's a good, good year all round, I thought. So any memories of 2001 for you, Brian? You must have been to a few gigs. You probably yeah. went to see Gary Moore, didn't you? I did. Went to see Gary Moore in Newcastle City Hall. Um, always a great pleasure to see Gary. Um, I had fantastic balcony seats in Newcastle City Hall. This was the time when Gary was flirting with drum and bass and the blue, you know, he was... Um, but the show that he put on was very, he'd gone back to blues. Uh, mm-hmm. So he was in great form. Um, the most interesting gig that I saw in 2001 was uh, in that great rock mecca of Easington Colliery. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, um, you know the way sometimes uh, you, you see a poster for for a band and you go, really? He's playing mm. there? Yeah. So Graham Bonnet and Don Airy, yeah. Graham Bonnet and Don Airy played the Rock Garden in Easington Colliery. Wow. And it was, it was a pub. It genuinely was a pub club thing. And I got tickets. Luckily enough, got tickets. Uh, one, of my, uh, one of my friends came with me. And it was Don Airy, Graham Bonnet, and then some studio musicians and they played they played a, like a rainbow set um and i just can remember sort of screaming my voice off Gra- graham bonnet as you know uh, in his in his prime graham was probably one of the greatest vocalists mm-hmm. time time wasn't kind to him uh, from a vocal perspective, I actually think he's sounding great these days. I don't know yeah, what's happened. Absolutely, we've seen him a few times, but I think he just had an off night that night, and it was one of those nights, Matt, where the audience, the the audience was doing a lot of the singing. So when you're doing since you've been gone, was basically sung by the audience. But I still, it was 
a surreal moment to be in the rock garden watching two of my iconic musicians effectively play in a pub. <laughs> it was brilliant. So that, 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 was, that was kind of the gig of two, 2001. Did you mm. say, albums-wise, um, 2001 was very, very quick, eclectic um, um, bands for me. The, a, a couple of, uh, just a couple of shout-outs for me in, in 2001. A band called Jimmy Eats World, or Jimmy Eat World, uh, mm. they had an album um, which came out in 2001. It was the fourth, fourth album called Bleed, uh, Bleed American. Um, great album. It's kind of that alternative, as you say, it's that sub, um, some 41. Um, it was in that, just that whole power mm. pump emo alternative. It was alternative rock. It's mm. a great album. Tracks like bleed. There's four singles off the album. Bleed America is great. The middle sweetness, three tracks, really, really good. Um, American, you know, American album. Aerosmith brought in an album that year in 2001. It was an album called Just Push Play. Um, they um, they had a real return of form. The The big single off the album was Jaded. Uh, Joe Perry's gone on record over the years, not very happy. He would say that Just Push Play was his least favourite album, but I love it. It's It's got some great, great uh, tracks on it. Most of the album was written with a singer-songwriter called Marty Fredrickson, who you and I will know, he was the singer in Stillwater. Oh, really? Yep. So all of the all of the vocals for Stillwater and Almost Famous are recorded by Marty Fredrickson. So Marty has been writing with Aerosmith for all of those years, but it's a good album. I'll stick some tracks on it. And then... Alternatively, um, a great album. I have to shout out this album. Um, uh, everybody will know this band. Again, an American alternative rock band called Semisonic. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Sonic brought out, and in fact, it's their last album. It's their most recent album in 2001, which is an album called All About Chemistry. The, the big album was the album before that, which was Feeling Strangely Fine, which had closing time on it. But... A really, really, really great power pop alternative rock album, which I loved. The the single chemistry on that album is just, it's pop perfection for me. Really, really good album. So as you say, on top of the albums that you put forward, Matt, a very, very eclectic mix in 2001 for yeah. that turn of the decade, you know, or different, different styles that were coming through. So yeah, great. Great, One final yeah. thing on um, 2001, and you, you mentioned the film Almost Famous, um, and the, the film Rockstar came out in um, 2001, which uh, which starred Mark Wahlberg yep. as the uh, as the aspiring singer and uh, Jennifer Aniston, yes, as his girlfriend. Now, was, if you recall, it was loosely based on the sort of Judas Priest story, wasn't it? With um, the uh, the singer moving on for whatever reasons, and then they pluck Mark Wahlberg from um, from a, uh, essentially a tribute band. Mm-hmm. From, from, I think it was called Steel Dragon. They, they were. And they featured people like Jason Bonham. Yep. Um, your man from Foreigner, the bass player's <laughs> name Jeff, completely Jeff, escaped me. Jeff, Jeff Paulson. Paulson was it, I think. <laughs> and funny you should mention who uh, who sung as the lead singer of Stillwater, but... Um, the, the vocals were taken care of by one Jeff Scott Soto on uh, Rockstar and also a guy called 
Milenko Matijevich. Who was yeah. the lead singer in Steelheart. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I knew you'd know, see. I know Jeff Scott. I never heard of this guy before, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I do remember the film. It's quite, uh, it's quite a kind of a, you know, you either love it or you hate it, that film. Um, I quite like it. I think I've got the DVD somewhere. And, I have it um, as well. It's yeah. uh, it's quite good. Miles Kennedy, the aforementioned Miles Kennedy, of course, makes a uh, cameo appearance at the end as the singer who takes over from the, the from Mark Wahlberg, essentially. Uh-huh. So there you yeah, go. Yeah. We've come back full circle we to uh, where we were two hours ago. <laughs> to the great Miles Kennedy. It's <laughs> <laughs> Miles Kennedy with Slash. Yes. So, anyway, so- that was two... So Sorry, I was going to say, so effectively, Miles is Miles Kennedy the twenty. Miles Kennedy. Miles. No, I said Miles Kennedy. Miles Kennedy. So Miles Kennedy is becoming the twenty twenty two's version of Vin Campbell. It's <laughs> true, actually. I, yeah, we seem to mention him a lot. Um, that's well, our challenge. He's, he's like he's one of the, the nicest, most talented, best guitarist, best looking. I hate him. People in rock, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Miles Kennedy and yeah. a all round nice guy. Um, so that was 2001. Yep. So in um, in the usual fashion, I need to give you a year, young Brian. And I've got one up my sleeve, literally. And that year is 1988. Oh, wow. We're going back to the 80s. Well, I know an no. album you're going to have that I won't. I know an album you'll choose and that I won't choose. Uh, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's a good year. Good year, 1988. How old were you in 1988, by the way? And and a second question, how long, how far into your 15-year term at university were you? 1988. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. I hadn't gone to university. Really? In 1988, I wasn't. Those 15 years were stretching out in front of you. <laughs> Had you started packing? Because I remember, I remember you started packing two years before, didn't you? I would have been packing. I, yeah, I, I packing. was repacking. You were re- <laughs> I was repacking. Re- Repacking, just in case I was still you, procrasti- procrastinating. A degree of procrastination that you did. <laughs> so I've got 1988. Oh, fantastic. 1988, the height of hair metal. And possibly one of the greatest Donningtons of all time. Well, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So that was, uh, that was my year in rock. Yeah. Everyone's second favourite feature. Of the old podcast, of course. <laughs> so, as it's St. Valentine's Day tomorrow, we thought it would be nice to put together a selection. I'm trying to say this in an all provocative and essential way, seductive way. We thought it would be a good idea to put together a few songs that reflect the tone of the day. Basically, American rock ballads. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been quite a few, haven't there? And, and they all seem to be American. Yeah. Those giant um, power ballads. And, and they all tend to be about love, of course. Yes. Because you do know that love sells. I think uh, it was, it's well known that uh, 98% of songs are about love. That's not true true fact I just made that up but um, it seems like um, I mean the Beatles every other song they wrote was about love wasn't it yeah. can't buy me love love me do and so on um, but we thought it'd be a good idea to throw to throw together some um, some love songs slash 
power ballads. Now I've got a theory about this, Brian. Would you like me to share it with you? Please, please. So as I said earlier, I don't think anyone apart from Americans can write power ballads because the, uh, the radio stations don't really allow kind of uh, allow the, um, the radio stations don't really kind of lean towards power ballads in this country. I think they were born essentially out of um, the fact that uh, slow rock songs sell and certainly songs with love in the title quite often sell. Um, And it's all around commercialism, I think, in a way. But it certainly works. There's been some massive power ballads over the years, Uh, particularly in the 80s. It seemed to be the kind of the golden era of power ballads, of course. Um, probably at the beginning of the the, the decade, and um, essentially towards the end, really. So, and unfortunately, unfortunately, I mm. just as you're just as you're going through your your recipe for a power ballad. Yes, most of the good ones there was like a stop. You know, there was like a you're playing the music, and then there's a pause, and then there's either some orchestra or a big drum boom. And then or you go on. Change. Yes. Well, the key change, isn't it? Yeah. It's like the, the big soaring key change because, mm. and then everybody thinks that they can sing the, the, the unreachable chorus line or the key change. Mm. And then it's just like, uh, it just, everybody feels. Um, yeah, yeah, indeed. So what's, uh, what's first on your list? Uh, I'm going with the man who delivers power ballads the best. We don't talk about him enough on this show. Michael Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> he has some rock credentials. We maybe talk about this sometimes. He, he he was in a band called Blackjack with uh with the Kulik brothers. Your knowledge is just staggering. You know what? You should do a you should do a rock podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, hang on. Um sorry, who are you about to say? I oh, sorry I interrupted you. No, it's fine. The to me singer of power ballads is Mr. Lou Graham. And I mm-hmm. had to choose, I had to choose which song I was going to put on my, on our power ballads love. And for me, it's, it's from the film footless. It's, she's driving off in the car at the end and he's, you know, they've had that moment of, you know, are they still together? Have they just fallen out? And then the keyboards for waiting for a girl like you comes on to me that is Lou Graham at his best n- n- nothing can touch it so I'm kicking off I'm t- I'm kicking off the loves playlist <laughs> yeah with waiting for a girl That's, like you it's a good choice and I think Lou Graham was born to sing power ballads basically because you can also um put next put I want to know what love is next to that of course exactly. two m- mega songs um, massive hits, of course, both of them. Um, number one, yeah, number yeah. one in the UK. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, huge, yeah. huge songs. That's how he was, wasn't it? Well, I, you know, I, I tend to agree with you about Lou Graham, but I think there's there's another singer, American singer from that era, who is equally at home uh, with a power ballad, and that man is Mr. Steve Perry. <sighs> Esquire. And I will put on the list Open Arms. You're going with Open Arms. Journey. What a tune. From their from their golden era, the escape era, early 80s. Um, open Arms. What a singer though. What a singer, Steve Perry. Well, he is really. 
Yeah, and he was on. He was on fairly cold. A duck. They said he had a duck-like quality to his voice. Really? Yeah, there was. There, he, oh he, got, he, he got pelters in the press um, mm. about about his his voice. Um, Open Arms is fantastic. Um, my favourite of the ballads that they that uh, they do isn't on Escape. It's in the mm. album after that, which is Faithfully. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did not fry him, didn't they? <laughs> exactly. Gee, at this moment, at this moment, our playlist, you know, you know, does we, we're we're we've we've done desserts, you know, we're gonna be, it's gonna be a good date. It, yes, is let's let's leave the details out of it, right? Because you know what these telly states can sometimes end up. <laughs> so let's tread carefully. Okay, Brian. who else? Who else have we got? Well, uh, again, early 80s, uh, REO Speedwagon were <laughs> were huge. Like Kevin Cronin's hair. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> or as they were occasionally called, REO Speedwagon. REO Speedwagon. <laughs> and um, they did some good songs. They did some good songs. They did, apart from their kind of like giant ballads, Take It on the Run and yeah. the song I'm going to mention, Keep on Loving You. They did do some good songs. Uh, I think they're one of those bands that's kind of branded as being one of these power ballad uh, bands, but they did, they did some good songs back in the day, but I'm going to go with Keep On Loving You. Um, I, think, I think you can't go wrong with that, can you? You, you can't. You, you, you you, yeah. So you picked the, you know, of the number one singles that they had in America, you pick Keep On Loving You, and I would mm. go, can't fight this feeling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're no romantic at heart, aren't you, Brian? I, 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 well, no, I just like a good power ballad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there were, there were plenty of other power ballads that weren't quite in the same vein. Um, Wanted Dead or Alive, um, I think was from Slippery When Wet, of course, which came in out, out in about 86. That, I think, probably spawned. Certainly those <laughs> those types of videos. You remember the videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were very kind of formulaic, weren't they? Yeah. You had probably black and white. You had r- rain coming down a window pane somewhere, like a tour bus <laughs> or something. You had a bit cut with a bit of live footage in slow motion. Everyone was a bit sweaty. The crowd were going crazy. And then that was sort of then used quite regularly, that kind of whole sort of formula. Um, I remember Every Rose Is It Storm by Poison. I think it was in the same vein. Yeah. Um, and of course, GNR Guns N' Roses put out uh, slightly later, more early '90s, Patience, and um, certainly that had that kind of black and white sort of feel to it, didn't it? I thought and, you were going to go with well, "Welcome to the Jungle." <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't call that a power ballad, particularly. Um, but um, November Rain was in a similar in yeah. a similar vein. I keep saying that. Um, and then Skid Row had a mega song, "I Remember You." which is the next one on my list. Okay. Mm. Do you remember that song? I do indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sebastian back at his finest. Great singer. Yeah. Always tremendous. a good singer. I, never, I, don't think, I don't think Skid Row have been quite the same since he left. I know it's unlikely for him to return. They don't seem to be the best of friends uh, these days, but uh, yeah. they did do some great songs. But I remember you from um, from Skid Row. Absolutely. Top-notch song. Yeah, yeah. I, I, sound effect in the back. The sound effect in the background was my dog, by the way, just <laughs> shaking his tail feather. It's like welcome to Doctor Doolittle's rock podcast. I know. It's like it's like that in my house. I open the teapot sometimes, and out flutters a bird, and squirrel pops out of the tea caddy. Oh 
man. It is, oh, honestly, it's man. like Snow White's kitchen in, out here sometimes. <laughs> anyway, where were we? Um, Sebastian Bach, and I'll Sebastian, remember. Sebastian Bach. Yeah. Uh, you remember that song? I do. I, I remember it. Sebastian was a handsome chap. He, I, I, he, he was. was. He, and, he, and his long, and his, um, his, I remember his long, flowing hair. The great, great band. It's, um, yeah. Skid Row. I, the, the, there is a little bit of a curse, though. However, with the power, mm. with the with the power ballads, the, the, the power ballads, because because <clears throat> if you can remember, one of the power ballads, we're, we're probably moving into maybe the late eighties, early nineties. Always, mm. are they? You would have had um, more than words from Extreme. Yeah. So you know the classic black and white video candles, Nuno and Gary Sharon singing acoustically, you know, all, all atmospheric, etc. That's how people will say extreme. And then, then you listen to the rest of their album and it's pop, funk, rock, Nunum Betacore, shredding, mm. shredding his ass off, you know? So I do think commercially power ballads work for some, but you know, yeah, I'm a massive, yeah. yeah, I'm a massive fan of, of Mr. Big. Mr. Big are probably one of the most technically brilliant rock bands out there. And everybody will think, to be with you, the big single, the mm. last song in the album. So it comes at a price sometimes. No, it's true. It's very true, actually. Um, for years, I, I I didn't really pay much attention to Mr. Mr. Big because of that very reason. I thought to be with you was a bit, you know, lightweight. Um, and uh, I, I know, obviously, since then, you know, done some huge rock of classics yeah. really but yeah for the same reason i was i was more sort of, i felt that they were oh okay i don't really fancy them too much they're a bit lightweight yeah um something you couldn't say about damn yankees and um <laughs> the next silly little segue there fabulous um, seamless so, damn yankees were a what were they brian what would you what would you call damn yankees Th- they were they were super group exactly thank hey. you i just wanted you to say that um, <laughs> and um I'm going to put on the list high enough. That's by, impossible um, to sing that. Well, then don't try. I won't. Don't bother. I won't. If something's too difficult to sing, then don't bother, Brian. That's all I can say. Um, well, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's a great song, isn't it? And, uh, and um, uh, still done by uh, Night Ranger in their set, which I think is quite nice. Yeah. Quite yeah. nice kind of um, uh, recognition of Jack Blade's past. Um, but yeah, high enough. I'm really basically doing the whole of the Rock of Ages soundtrack now, because um, there are some great, uh, great, great ballads on there, of course. Uh, uh, and we haven't, you know, we we should give prop, you know, a shout out. Props. To, props. Said props then, I, I know. I was. I was. That was for the kids. That was for the kids. How are kids doing, by the way? Kids are doing they're okay. Right? Kids are. Yeah, right. I, haven't, I haven't heard from them much lately. No. They're, they're doing all right. Yeah, it's a tough term. Right. Tough term. It's half term, of course. That's yeah. why I haven't heard from the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we we let's let's stay sorry, with props. the kids. Yeah, props. Yeah, sorry, well, we've got yeah, to give props for who? For DC. Who? DC. David Covenants. David Covenants. Back again. David Covenants. We have we have to we have to give David. Well, we have to give White Snake. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, true. We well, said that it was mainly American dominated, but of yeah. course, White Snake uh, are up there with the best in terms of their their. Uh, they're power ballads, aren't they? I bet you there are people in America and there are people around the world who 
will think of will see the videos for all for all of the 1987 album hmm. and they will just go it's an american band they sound american you know here i go again that version hmm. they, they you know they will probably say you know it was written with bernie marsden and they'll go oh is he an outside writer hmm. <laughs> so you know yeah that was you know is this love has got to go on the list oh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah, and by the same by the same token, I would probably put uh, Def Leppard in the same in the same mold because uh, yeah. again, very much got that kind of commercial, uh, certainly that kind of hysteria era um, sound. And um, but before then, bringing on the heartbreak, of course, um, yeah, yeah, is is I suppose an early power ballad for them. But Love Bites, yeah. of course, which apparently is Joe Elliott's mum and dad's favourite. Favorite ever song, or at least his mum's favorite song. I think it's, I think it's quite nice. It is a great song. Um, we haven't talked about um, a song by an American singer called Richard Marks, and that song is "Right Here Waiting." And the reason I want to just mention that song, not only is it a good song, but um, my wife and I were, were recently. Uh, this is quite a funny story. She won't mind me telling you. We were once, we were once, we were recently uh, having lunch and we were on a little break for a weekend. That was last weekend, went to Grand Canaria and we're in this bar having lunch and they were playing music and this song came on right here waiting. And my wife said, oh, this is good. Who's this? Is this, this is Richard Clayderman, isn't it? (laughs) I said, no, it's uh, it's not Richard Clayderman, it's Richard Marks. Well, who was Richard Clayderman then? So I told her, reminded her of Richard Clayderman is was um i love richard marks i i i love some good songs i love richard marks i mean hazard is probably my favorite richard marks song by some distance i know it's not not a love song per se it's anything but a love song but certainly a you know it's certainly a a a very nice piece of of work and probably would fit more in the kind of you know but like the river by bruce springsteen that sort of story song Yeah, yeah with not a pleasant sort of ending i suppose you could say yeah um, but I just felt, I felt the need to mention Richard Marks. Yeah. Of course, if uh, anyone who's listening has got any other power ballads, love songs, yeah. songs that they prob- may have had when they walked down the aisle, maybe. Okay. With what is this? What, what in Tesco's? Not, <laughs> not in the aisle in Tesco's. <laughs> That's the, all I could do. I've never walked down the aisle. In the church. <laughs> or, or Aldi. People, you know, a few. Uh, Waitrose. Uh, yes, other supermarkets are available. Walking down the um, <laughs> When my wife and I got married, we had uh, I Love You More Than Rock and Roll by Thunder oh, playing that's very nice. the, uh, in the background. So anyway, if you've got any uh, different ideas than those that we've uh, rattled off in the last 10, 15 minutes, then please let us know at FTAT Pod or on Facebook, of course. Fabulous. So... Brian, that brings us to the part of the show uh-huh. that everyone loves. I was talking to uh, I talked to this this old man who stopped me in the street the other day. It wasn't an old lady this time; it was an old man. And he said, um, "He said I've got a bone to pick with you." I said, "Oh, yeah, was that?" He said, uh, "Well, firstly, stop doing impersonations." <laughs> I said, "Okay, fair enough." And he said, "Stop taking the Mickey out of Brian." I said, "Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dream of it." And he said, "Because Brian." Is my favourite, and they always, they always love you. They will love you, don't they, Brian? Walking down the aisle, actually, in uh, in Sainsbury. Funny enough, and he what were you listening to? <laughs> I was listening to uh, Richard Richard Clayderman, strangely enough. 
It was being piped on the uh, on the in-house music system. So that brings us to the part of the podcast. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? You sure? I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm just. I'm. I've got me. I've got me stopwatch going. This. Remember. Mm. Remember. This is. This is like Gary Moore's solo bet in prison walkways. How long are you gonna do your well, intro? Not, not very long this week. Okay. Hidden gem time. Oh, I got the punk version. That was short and sharp, wasn't it? It's like the Ramones. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. The remo- You're getting good. That was the Ramones version. Exactly. Short, sharp, to the point. Yeah. Hidden gem time. Right. What you got for us, Brian? Hidden gem time. So I am going back to 1985. Okay. It was a good year. I was 16. Were you? I still hadn't started university. I was, pa- I was getting, to, you, I was. You were packing though, I, I, No, I was thinking honest. about packing. Thinking you're, about you're packing. You were pre-packing. 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 Did you write a list of all the things you were going to take? Don't be silly. Yeah. I don't even write a list for this show. Records. Denim <laughs> jacket with meatloaf patch on the back. Exactly. That's pretty exactly. much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, and boombox, boombox, and a Fender Stratocaster guitar. That was me. I was ready for uni. Boom. Oh yeah, of course, the um, Fender. Yeah, yeah. For, um, so my hidden gem is courtesy of the much missed uh, and loved Tommy Vance. Mm. I, as we did in the eighties, Matt, you and I, Friday night was Friday night was the rock show, and I used mm-hmm. to record it. I used to record it on you know the really really slow tapes. Where you mm-hmm. could you could record it, and it would you know a C ninety tape would last for like fifteen hours or something. Mm. Um, so I recorded, and I would listen back to the Friday Rock Show, and this band. I'd be interested if you know if you've heard of this band. Um, mm. The band is called Saga. Do, do you remember Saga? So, I remember Saga. Is that the same? <laughs> Oh, so, oh, sorry. Saga. You, you, you Saga. had mentioned them before, actually, about, there was a, was it live at Wacken or something? Or are you going to go and see them at Wacken Festival? Yeah, yeah. They, That's yeah. Right, Saga. Yeah, I remember Saga. 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 Or, or Saga, sorry. Saga. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, you know, they, they, you know, branched off into sort of elderly holidays. Um, that's right. When, they, well, you, when you reach our age, you get the old saga brochures, don't you? You do. That's, that's the Facebook Facebook ads you start getting now is, is saga holidays. Anyway, um, saga holidays, I'm sure, are really, really nice. And if we were invited to go on them, we would go. Um, mm, absolutely. So the album that came out in 1985 was an album called Behaviour. The lead-off single uh, was a track called Misbehaviour, and Tommy Vance played it on the Friday Rock Show, and I went, oh my goodness, that's amazing. It took me another 20 years to get a copy of the album, um, because you didn't have Amazon or Spotify in those days um, mm. to get it. But I always remember, and I had it on the cassette for years, um, um, it's a great, great album. Saga are one of those bands, Matt, that are well known for being sort of progressive rock but this 1985 album is a lot more commercial. Um, I'll put the I'll put the lead track and a few other tracks on it. So my hidden gem for this episode is uh, Saga's album Behavior, and it's it's a cracker, as they say. How about you? Very good. What's your hidden Very gem? Good. Very good. Well, I'm going to go with the film actually. So um, I was uh, I was flicking through uh, Amazon Prime only last night actually. Uh huh. 
And I came across this uh, little gem from 1999. So it's a film that's based on a book, book by Nick Hornby. Um, do you remember Nick Hornby? He's quite I a good writer yeah, back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Fever Pitch and About a Boy. But this is a film called High Fidelity. Mm-hmm. Now, High Fidelity is, do you remember that film? I love it. John Cusack. John Cusack. Joan Cusack's in it as well. Jack Black. Um, Jack Black. You you know it. Um, <laughs> but remember, it's my hidden gem, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones is in it. Lisa Bonet is yeah, in it. Yeah. Um, it's a very, it's one of those films where it, it, it's um, John Cusack talks a lot to the camera about his various breakups, but the soundtrack's good. It's got some good, it's set in, a, in and around a music shop, championship vinyl. Yeah. Um, and um, they're very, uh, <laughs> they're very snooty about who they would, who they serve. And uh, they basically turn people away if they don't like the look of them, which I think is not probably the best business model ever. Um, but it's a good film. It's a good film. So it's very much of its time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, as you say, Jack Black's in it, Joan Cusack in it, of course, who a few years later were, of course, uh, coupled together in School of Rock. We t- touched upon that film many times. I watched that again recently. Um, so my hidden gem this time is High Fidelity, the film from 1999. Fabulous. What? And I have the actual album for that. And it's, oh, really? I have. The actual album. <laughs> <laughs> I have the CD of the soundtrack. Okay. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's, it's good great. stuff on it. It is. It's, it's, it's a bit, uh, it's alternative. You know, it's, yeah. there's a lot of good, good stuff on it. Yeah. I love it yeah. as a film. Yeah, it's a good film. Yeah. Family. Well worth a watch. So, I think that's it, isn't it, Brian? I think that's episode episode uh, episode twenty six. Our our Valentine's special, Valentine's Day massacre, Valentine's Valentine's Day special. (laughs) Yeah, and we didn't mention Motorhead at all. No, it's strange, that isn't it? Yeah, they did. They was there a song they did? Was it the Valentine's massacre with girls' school? Yeah, it wasn't a song though. It was uh, it was the girls' school did a version of Bomber, uh-huh. and I think Motorhead did a version of Demolition. Right, and of course they did. Please don't touch uh-huh. the old. Is it Johnny Kidd and the Pirates song? I'll, I could I'll, be wrong I'll go with that. that. I'll go with that. Um, so no, they didn't actually do a song called St Valentine's Day Massacre. I think it was released around okay. this time okay. in nineteen eighty one. I think. You're putting me on the spot now, Brian. But, but, but do, um, do you know what, what? What a recovery and what, what a recollection of 1981. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember it uh, quite well. And they appeared on top of the Pops doing Please Don't Touch, of course, uh-huh. all dressed in their gangster outfits. Um, yeah, but we we digress. No, Motorhead didn't really do many love songs. I remember Love Like a Reptile, <laughs> which is on the Ace of Spades album, of course. But I think that's dealing with another sort of... Subject matter altogether. I think so. And 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 on that bombshell, I think on we should <laughs> bomber shell. On that bomber shell, let's bring this evening's uh, show to a climax. Um, Careful. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as usual, thank you everybody for um, for uh, listening to the show. Please subscribe. You will find us on all social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Our uh, hashtag is what is it, Matt? 
it's not a hashtag. It's our our Twitter name is at FTAT pod. Twenty six episodes in, you still haven't got it, have you? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway, you'll find us you'll find us there on on Twitter land. Um, our good pal Kelvin moderates all our, our, our all of our materials. You're gonna have to deal with this bit yourself. No, no, no! I'm keeping this in. It's keeping it in. Uh, we're keeping it in. Honestly, sound effects. Dog toys in the background. Dog toys. Uh, dog thanks, toys. Thanks for everyone for listening. Have a lovely St Valentine's Day with your loved one. Take care. Yeah, Be safe. See everybody. Cheers. Bye. Bye. See you next time. For those about to pod, We Salute You is a Maylie Rogers Media Production. <laughs>